Bob, I look at your notes. First thing that stands out to me is that you describe it as being late in the trading rally and that you don't want to add to positions right now. So tell me why you think it is that case. Well, Oliver, we've had uh, quite a rally over the last several weeks. And typically, you don't, you don't see these kind of rallies last more than, uh, say, 17 to 20 sessions. Some will go, go a little bit longer. But for traders, I would be cautious at this stage of the game. For long-term investors, we think we're still in a uh, secular bull market. So long-term investors should mentally prepare themselves for some kind of a drawdown. We think it could be virus-related, but not to overreact to it at all, because uh, we do think we're still in a secular bull market. Now, when you look at the trading rally, you're describing basically this huge rip that just happened in the month of November, where a lot of that happened as vaccine news became very positive. We had some big breakthroughs. We got through the election. Bob, when you describe the big picture secular bull market, when I hear the secular word in front of it, it sounds growth specific. It sounds kind of tech specific. Uh, is that still the characterization even after this month seemed to be driven very much from a macro standpoint and kind of an economic recovery standpoint? Yeah, I agree with that, Oliver. We think that um, people question whether or not there's going to be more stimulus. Uh, we're very confident there, there will be. Um, there has to be. Uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, Joe Biden have worked very well, well together in the past in the um, in the Senate. And I think that'll be a positive. It'll be more of a collaboration on what kind of program they put together. So we're very confident that once uh, the transition occurs, and maybe even before the end of the year, we'll get some kind of a stimulus package because there is a lot of pain out in the economy and people are in dire need. And what's happened in this entire virus environment is that uh, big has gotten bigger. So publicly traded companies have had access to really cheap capital. Um, they remain profitable by and large. Uh, Non-public companies are struggling, but we're invested in the public markets, and we think that that probably still has um, quite a bit of room to run. Bob, right now, when you think about policy and expectations, there's been such high expectations and chatter for months about what that second uh, shot to the economy is going to look like. Nobody denies that there are still some major problems as we've seen jobless claims kind of peter out a little bit. But in terms of size, what's a number that's going to impress the market at all-time highs under the huge rally that we've had with vaccines in works? I mean, should that lower our expectations for the number that we could get from policymakers on the size of any deal? I don't think so. I, I think that... Um... I think infrastructure probably gets done uh, finally um, in the next few months, some kind of infrastructure bill. Um, you know, Jeff Sod is a person that we follow out of his work and have for years, and he's actually calling for the S&P 500 to be close to 4,000 by the end of the year. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't take that lightly. So um, I think he believes there's stimulus coming, and all that we read suggests that's going to be the case. And Accordingly, that's how we have investors positioned in spite of all the negative headlines that still exist. Not a caveat there is that uh, Dr. Michael Osterholm from the University of Minnesota has done a really good job, I think probably better than anybody, kind of calling the path of the, the virus is going to take this year. Back in January of, of this year, he actually said 
the virus is going to be a pandemic, so prepare or we should get prepared. And he's currently saying that he thinks the worst is yet to come. So there could be shocks from um, maybe a few more lockdowns. Um, he's, he's concerned quite a bit about the healthcare system being overtaxed and possibly, um, well, his words are, I think, I think possibly collapsing. So um, we don't take that uh, lightly either. So that there was a concern there, but I think it's going to be a short-term <clears throat> impact that will be possibly much like last March where we had a hard, hard sell-off and we're not anticipating a hard sell-off like last March. We're not seeing any evidence of that, but we could see a drawdown that's very quick that could scare a lot of investors based, based upon the virus uh, continuing to spread. Bob, in terms of what that means for uh, the view on the market and where right now you see opportunity, uh, it doesn't seem like you're, uh, because you have this longer-term bull market thesis that you want to necessarily go out and short companies based on this. I look at your notes to see that you like Masco, a stock that's tied into the housing trend, which one could argue has been this kind of offshoot of the COVID situation. So is that a way sort of to play the sustained uh, dynamic that we've had during this virus period through kind of a proxy trade? We think so. Um, we think Masco is um, by and large relatively actually quite cheap. It's trading about 10 times earnings. <clears throat> They've um, divested themselves of some of their lower return businesses being windows and, and uh, cabinetry, and they're focusing on, on their um, plumbing uh, fixtures and, and architectural products. So I, we, we believe that we're in the very early stages of the housing market continuing to do quite well. Household formations by millennials and whatnot continue to grow. Houses, housing isn't keeping up with that. So we think Masco's got a long tailwind behind them. And given its current price, we think that uh, investors can do quite well uh, buying and holding that. You're not overpaying for it at 10 times earnings and uh, it's got a tailwind. So, Bob, when you look at the housing moves right now and the trend behind it, is there any risk that recovery brings a move in rates that uh, brings uh, trouble for the housing situation? I mean, I know we're coming off a very low uh, part of this, uh, uh, you know, cost for individuals in terms of rates. It's been very cheap for people to go and get financing right now. I think that's been part of the big draw. Does that change it all if, if uh, bonds start selling off because we're recovering? I mean, does that present problems for the housing trade in the last eight months? It could, Oliver, but I, we believe rates are going to stay low for quite some time. Um, the Fed's going to want to keep them low. They're going to want to ensure that they can generate some kind of inflation. So um, I think real rates are going to be probably slightly negative for at least a few years to come. Um, so we're not really concerned about mortgage rates bumping up very quickly to kill off the housing move. Bob, one of the real quickly on the energy side, Pioneer is a stock you like. We've got energy moving today. What needs to actually complete this story just real quick because we got to run to the opening bell, but we've got about 45 seconds here. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Pioneer um, is focused in the Permian Basin. Their cost of production is incredibly cheap. We think the Biden administration is going to try to do what it can to stop fracking and stop it from expanding. So they're gonna have competitors that are lost and the whole oil price is gonna be rationalized over the next couple of years. So it's gonna be a free cash flow generating machine.